Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Happy Friday! It's Sex and Science Hour time. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Back in the studio. Now, we're recording this on Friday, but it's probably not going to be still Friday by the time we finish. Yeah, Pacific time, it'll yeah, be fine. It's Friday somewhere, yeah, right? You know, yeah. even if it's like Australia. No, I'm just kidding. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> um, so as we're recording the show, you know, Brian, I'm sitting here wearing my headphones. And when I'm wearing my headphones, I am just so focused on doing Sex and Science Hour that I don't want to be interrupted. You know, I... I want to make a podcast. I want to want to do my work. I want to connect with the fans. The last thing I want is to be picked up on by some guy. <laughs> Especially if they walk into the studio. Especially <laughs> if they walk into the studio. Now, if they're already sitting in the studio with me and they're also wearing headphones, that's kind of a different story. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want some rando dude just walking up to me and saying, hey, can I have your number, baby? Oh, God. <laughs> And of course, what we're referring to is uh, this article that came out um, this week that was going sort of viral on social media. And it was called How to Talk to a Woman Who's Wearing Headphones. And it was by some pickup artist guy. Well, he that might not right. want to call himself a pickup artist, but like the, the whole gist of his, like that, that whole blog that he wrote about how to pick up women, you know, that are wearing headphones or about how to, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah, how to talk to women that are wearing headphones, whatever. Uh, at the end of it is a sales pitch for his entire course on how to have success with Oh, women. of course it is. Yeah, because yeah, that's what they do. They try to sell you these seminars where they shit on you and make you feel bad about yourself as a man and like you're not worthy unless you learn these tactics yep. and acquire the target and right. things like that. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, yeah, so people were pissed because this article, you know, it might as well have been titled, How to Completely Ignore the Obvious Social Signal That Someone Is Sending by Wearing Headphones That They Don't Want to Be Talked To, and Talk to Them Anyway, Because Your Preferences Are More Important Than Theirs. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like if a pretty woman's walking around with headphones and clearly she doesn't want to be talked to because she's listening to her headphones and she's not making eye contact with you. That was not a fart, by the way. I was putting hand lotion on my hands. <laughs> I just had to tell you that. Um, we're not on that level yet here right. on Sex and Science Hour with our audience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where was I? So if a woman's walking around wearing headphones, I mean, clearly she's not she's not like screaming, hey, I want to be talked to. She's not like walking up to you, batting her eyelashes and mm-hmm. twirling her hair and asking you what book you're reading. She's 
you know, usually looking, staring down at her phone, staring at a book, whatever, not making eye contact. I mean, you know, we've talked about on the show before, like how to how to basically limit your chances of rejection by not trying to talk to people who obviously don't want to be talked to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think a person wearing headphones, that's a clear sign, man or woman, that's a clear sign of leave me alone. Yeah, I mean, that's really that. I think that's an important point to bring up is that I think anything that could be said against this article could be said regardless of gender. Like, it's just simple respecting of of personhood. Right. Uh, Absolutely. But there's not exactly a rampant problem with women, you know, standing in front of men who are wearing headphones and like waving, excuse me, excuse me, pointing to their ears. (laughs) Oh, oh, I know this is weird. I usually don't talk to men with headphones on, but you are so (laughs) handsome. I had to just say something to you. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Right. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. So this article, a lot of people felt like well, you know what? You can't flirt with a person anymore and all this. I mean, there there were some interesting reactions, you know. Yeah, you posted this on your Facebook. And I now I have to say, maybe I shouldn't even be saying this publicly, but I have to mm-hmm. brag for a minute. Okay, this is a humble brag. Well, it's not really a humble brag. It's a, <laughs> just a flat out brag, really. Um, <laughs> Brian found this article about how to talk to a woman who's wearing headphones. He found it before anyone else on my friends list had shared it on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he found, so he was Johnny on the spot, first of all, always with the new news coming out. He shares it and he gave a very uh, strong rebuke of the article. Yes. It was like, Okay, number one, just fucking don't. Don't. D- d- do not do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that was something to the effect of how your post went. But you went into a lot more detail than that. And anyway, I am in a secret coven of witches. No, I'm just kidding. You're going to admit that this exists? <laughs> I, people know that I'm in some secret Facebook groups. Okay. Because that's where it's at now, right? Like, we should make a secret Facebook group for Sex you and Science Hour. We actually do. All right. We actually have a secret <laughs> Sex and Science Hour Facebook group, but there's nobody in it because we haven't promoted it and we haven't wanted people to join our Facebook group. Right. Well, you know, we'll probably save that for season three, but okay, this go. is a huge digression. Anyway, I'm in a couple of secret Facebook groups. One of them is an all women's group and (laughs) somebody posted not only did they share the article they shared your post brian in the group and so imagine my surprise when i saw my boyfriend's post with his exposition about why this article is fucking stupid and you shouldn't actually do this and try this in a group of girls and they were all agreeing with you well you know i'm in the club you know, yeah, like, you're like an honorary babe. Well, I mean, well, like, you know, I'm in the, the lesbian, you know, not, I not just Don't lesbian. push your luck, you no. know, don't push your luck. But, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I think they definitely appreciate it. I'm not in the group, I'm just in the club. <laughs> <laughs> you mean because you like women, are you a lesbian trapped in a man's no, body? No, 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 I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I, I, was, I was doing a little Larry, da- Larry David reference there. Oh, see, no, I, see, I didn't even get that, and yeah. I just watched that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> with you. So Where lesbians gonna... love him. They just think he's a great guy. And, and anyway, there's so, an episode. Yeah. With Rosie. Yeah, not that they throw themselves at him, just that he's like in the club. He's good he's with, one them, of the with good the guys. lesbians. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. A- okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, imagine my surprise when I saw your post in there and all these girls were agreeing with you. And so I I commented on it and I said, Brian's my boyfriend with a little heart. Well, thank you so much and for that. I gave it the thumbs up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but no, I mean, I think that the reason they, the reason that post made it in there and the reason that women appreciated it so much was mm-hmm. that you were totally right on the money. It's like if someone's wearing headphones, don't try to approach them. Who cares what you think? Like men always have this thing where, well, okay, I should say not all men, right? But it's it happens quite often <laughs> where it's like they don't care what your preferences are. You can look obviously gay. You can not shave your legs. Mm-hmm. You can look like you don't want to be talked to. You can be staring down at the floor. You can be looking at your phone. You can be wearing headphones. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They'll still hit on you. Yep. And yeah. it's just because they want to talk to you, right? They, oh, you're so pretty. And, and then they ask you to smile and things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, so Don't the article... Don't try to talk to me while I'm wearing headphones or while I'm not wearing headphones. <laughs> right. I will rip you apart. <laughs> <laughs> Verbally. Uh, so the, I mean, the article was suggesting, like, make motions to where, you know, like, hey, take your, your you know, your earphones out or something. Uh, or it was uh, something like, I don't know, tr- like, it had these, tr- follow them. It had these stupid steps. It was telling these guys to do this, like, stalkerish behavior. Well, that was the part where it got stalkerish, was just follow them until you get to the point where they take them off. Where they like, look at you and then point to your point to your ears mm-hmm. and smile with a big, friendly smile on your face, as though they're like a dumb monkey that needs to be telegraphed with sign language to right. take their headphones off. Right. As though if they didn't, if they wanted to, they would just take them off. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the recommendations were absolutely, I mean, were ridiculous and nobody, man or woman should be doing this stuff. Okay. There were lots of parody articles that came out of this. I, I don't know. How to talk it. to a woman who's locked in her house playing PlayStation. All you have to do <laughs> is just like basically go up to her window and wave at her. And if she doesn't look up, then you break into her house. Yeah. And, I mean, this is like the level of stalkerishness. Well, my favorite was my favorite parody was the one uh, how to how to talk to a woman when she needs to take a shit. And it's like, even if she really has to go take a shit, you know, yeah, you what you need in to say is so important. Door. Yep. Yeah. Screaming, hey, slut! Yeah. <laughs> that, was the, that was the parody article. Un- unbelievable. The advice. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it, it got parodied because it's so stupid. You know? Yeah. So, okay. I, w- I want to bring up two things. One is, is that unless you had something you wanted to run with. Well, uh, it, it had like a format, you know, like it said, acknowledge the awkwardness and Mm-hmm. And then she'll probably smile and flirt and mm-hmm. laugh like, oh, yeah, as though that happens in real life. Sure. And and the mistakes they make are not being aggressive enough, basically. It had like the common mistakes guys make when they try to talk to a woman wearing headphones. Oh, yeah. And the be mistakes more were all like, you basically were not aggressive enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be more aggressive, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... So what are your, you said you have legitimate no, concerns what, about this, Brian. I think people have legitimate points to bring up, like about this article. Yeah, like that, the fact that a lot of times women are just going about their business no, and they won't be left alone. No, 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 not, not that way. Okay. I, I mean, in the, like, as to where, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, why does this article exist in the first place? Mm, okay. The indeed, reason why. Okay. Well, the reason it exists is because where do you pick up women? Like it's tough, you know, and I, and I want to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. That doesn't mean you have to interrupt somebody who has their headphones on or somebody that's going out shopping. Yeah, but, empathy to the guys, but again, it's not the woman's problem, right? No, it's not. That you you don't you can't think of places to meet women or you can't meet a woman, or whatever. Yeah, right? I mean there's no one there's really not much of anyone to blame. I mean, it's just the way that markets have shifted or whatever, you know, to where things are online and all this and you know, there aren't as many hangouts or Well, why not just go on Tinder if you want to meet somebody? To pick yeah, up. I don't agree with that. I, I don't <laughs> because I mean that, that you know what, 
Like if the if the whole point is that you know interrupting somebody with your bullshit, you know, by somehow tricking them to get their headphones off or something, like is insulting to the human being. I still think swiping people away and considering people a check mark or an X is incredibly insulting to the human condition. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't have the perfect place to suggest where everybody could go and meet a partner and no, it would tough. be a great success rate. But just don't. If a woman's in the grocery store or she's got her head, just don't. You know, no matter how beautiful she is, just if she doesn't want to be talked to, leave her alone. Well, she wants to talk. She'll talk to you. This is Sex and Science Hour. You know, um, speaking of Tinder, you were on another sh- podcast, Brian, um, earlier this week or last week or something. Okay. And uh, it was Ernie Hancock's show. Oh, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Which um, you were talking about apps. And you, the reason you were on talking about apps as a guest is because you have another podcast called Sovereign Tech. Mm-hmm. It's a technology podcast. And you are like the man when it comes to apps and stuff like that. And uh, you were on his show and you guys were talking about uh, dating apps. And he goes, yeah. And you got to understand, Ernie Hancock is just such a gregarious. Um, he's boisterous. He's a character. He's got this character. Yep. that he. It's like he drinks a liter of coffee before he goes on the air. And he's yeah. got all these. He's real worked up, very excited. It makes for a very entertaining show. I love his personality. But he and but he's got all these Ernieisms, right? Mm-hmm. He, he'll say something like, you know, the user agreements when you download an app or a piece of software and you have I to agree. say, I agree. That's what he said. Yeah. He's like, oh, but you said I agree. <laughs> So they can do whatever they want to, you know? So he's got all these expressions that are just like his own. And so you guys were talking about apps, and he goes, yeah, oh, whatever it is, Tinder, Grinder, you're going to get laid, der. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. That was, yeah, that was funny. I cracked up. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to hear that, you can, uh, well, you can sub, you can either look on Ernie's feed or you can subscribe to Brian's um, Patreon. Patreon, yep. Because Pat- he put that out as a bonus show. Patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech. And uh, yeah, yep. I put that out and I, I gave a little exclusive commentary because he was asking me about apps and everything, which was the point. But I ta- also talked about like, because there's some insights that I didn't share on there because I kind of didn't want to burst anybody's bubble. But anyway, go oh, ahead. Oh, there's exclusive bonus content. There you go. That's right. Now, there is free content from Sovereign Tech, too. Every Saturday, you do Every a Saturday, show that is fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the important stuff's for free. Absolutely. <laughs> right on. Okay, so what are we talking about next? Oh, yes, the Sumerian map of Jupiter. Wow, that's a shift. Now, yes, it, it's a <laughs> cosmic shift, in fact. From headphones to... to uh, well, that's I, right. I don't know where I was going to go with that. So the picture, the cover photo on this article I have here from sciencealert.com hmm. looks just like a Triscuit cracker, okay? It's like a tan... Um, square with like little hash marks in it that look like shredded wheat but of course that's not what it is it's actually a clay tablet with cuneiform writing on it yes <laughs> they're talking about the sumerians so uh by beck crew from science alert this ancient babylonian map of jupiter just changed history as we know it analysis of an ancient code-breaking tablet has revealed that babylonian astronomers had calculated the movements of jupiter using an early form of geometric calculus some 1400 years before we thought the technique was invented by the europeans oh wait you mean to tell me that you thought white people came up with something but they actually didn't they weren't the first ones to think of it really Uh, what a shocker, right, yeah, Brian? That yeah. in, um, <laughs> this 
means that the ancient Mesopotamian astronomers had not only figured out how to predict Jupiter's paths more than a thousand years before the first telescopes existed, but they were using mathematical techniques that would form the foundations of modern calculus as we know it. This shows just how highly developed this ancient culture was, historian, historian excuse me, Matthew Ossendriver from Humboldt University in Germany told Maddie Stone at Gizmodo, I don't think anyone expected something like this would be discovered in a Babylonian text. The key to figuring this out was a single 50-year-old photograph of an astronomical tablet, which Ossendriver used to decode the meaning of a strange trapezoid that had been carved into the stone more than 2,000 years ago. For decades, researchers had been confounded by four Babylonian tablets held by London's British Museum that all cite this trapezoid shape in their text, referring to Jupiter's movements across the sky. While we have plenty of archaeological evidence that basic geometry was often used in Babylonian mathematics, until now we've only seen signs of them using arithmetic. But this was calculus. So why would they be referring to geometrical calculations based on the long and short sides of a trapezoid? Without the code breaking <laughs> live radio folks, without the code breaking tablet in the photograph above, it just didn't add up. These cuneiform tablets were excavated in sites in Babylon, Babylon and Uruk, now Iraq. Uruk. Okay, Uruk. Thank you. Yeah. In, now Iraq in the 19th century and transported to the British Museum, which sadly those sites are probably destroyed right now. Well, right? Uruk is still, I've actually been to Uruk and yeah. it's, uh, it's in Iraq. It's yep. a more in southern Iraq. Uh, and it's, I mean, it, it's still large. I mean, there's still stuff to see. But there's you know, so much archaeology that was destroyed by the military. Well, there's a lot stuff. of museums that were destroyed by the Iraqi, well, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, the 2003, we'll call it invasion. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was a lot of destruction of museums, particularly mm. in, in, you know, in Baghdad. So Austin Driver, this translator, the scientist who is translating these tablets, has known the contents of four of the tablets, like the back of his hand, for decades. But until encountering this photograph, he had never seen the fifth. So this was like the code breaker that allowed mm -hmm. him to crack the code and translate it and figure out that it was about Jupiter. Sure. Now, um, anyway, so basically what they did was they the Babylonians tracked Jupiter's speed as a function of time and determined the area under a time velocity curve to create this map of Jupiter's mm -hmm. movement in the sky. Pretty impressive, right, says the article. And uh, what's fascinating is Fred French and British, British scholars had been using the same technique in the 14th century, using trapezoids to calculate measurements of velocity and displacement, and everyone had uh, assumed it originated with them, but it was actually the Babylonians and Sumerians. So, um, so Brian, you've actually dabbled in Sumerian archaeology yourself. Sure, you were a big fan of Zachariah Sitchin, who was one of the first people to try to translate these tablets, and he came up with aliens and Nibiru. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he didn't say anything about Jupiter that you know of, right? No, but he. Well, so it's interesting when you bring in Sitchin. I mean, I've had conversations with the guy in the past. He unfortunately died in October two thousand ten. Very yes. sad. Um, but just a brilliant guy. I don't agree with him on probably maybe 50% of what he has to say, but mm -hmm. the other It was controversial because, you know, he, he did come up with aliens and Nibiru is this planet that swings in the solar system every, it's like an exoplanet that well, comes in every 10,000 years. Uh, and, yeah, like 3,500 or whatever. And but, they needed, they used the humans, they created the humans to mine gold for them to save their atmosphere, like, like, um, 
Cass Sunstein wanted to do in well, the 1980s. Yeah, that would take a while to like... To, Global to, warming. To, sure. Yeah, anyway, yeah. go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's okay. So, I mean, he like... I mean, the other 50% of what I do agree with him on, I mean, is really, really tantalizing stuff. And it's important to, to recognize, you know, cuneiform, like Sumerian... Sitchin's work wasn't debunked largely until like decades after he started writing his first books or which were in the sixties because nobody else could read it. Like it was very rare. The people that could actually read it. How did he so, actually figure out what it was saying? Did well, he, he went just to school. start from scratch and do his own translation? So, like in some places, obviously it looked like he was being very creative, yep. but in others, I mean, he, you know, he went, I mean, he's legit. He went through classes to, to translate this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of what he says that's absolutely spot on. Now there's interesting things. I mean, yeah, maybe he didn't necessarily talk about Jupiter, but he is. And, and I think this is, this is something worth mentioning. You know, he knew that Neptune was a blue planet. And he said he yeah, knew. Yeah, that's weird. Like, how would he have known that? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you have one in like, you know, six, seven colors to choose from. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how many different colors there are for planets. Well, can you it's... see Uranus? Because Uranus is blue, too. Hey, Brian, can you see Uranus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so, I'm serious. Uranus well, is blue in color. And it's it might be visible with the naked eye, right? No. It's, okay, so this or is Or not thing. with the naked eye. No, so, so, like... Some planets you can't really like see, and you have right. to understand part of what makes it so amazing what happened with and all these you know all these all the Babylonians and Sumerians did was some pretty advanced math, you know, effectively cal calculus to figure out that there had to be another like there kind of had to be another planet. There. Yeah, not necessarily that they could that they could really see it. I mean, they they could track it. I th I think Jupiter is one of the ones that that you can get a get a look on. But the point is, there's no telescopes. There, you know, we wouldn't have like really effective like refractory telescopes until I don't know, 17th century, you know, and that's right. when guys like, like Christian Huygens would end up using these things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's amazing to be able to plot, you know, just with math that in high level math, uh, you know, the movements of the heavens. I mean, this isn't something to be sneered at. And really, I think it stands in one of the more impressive things in this is the fact that there's a lot of people who lay out this, what I consider bullshit that, IQ is like, like high IQ is a modern development that ancient humans were morons, hmm. or at least they weren't as smart. Yeah. And, right. There's a lot of people who think, well, how could they have possibly done that? Right. <laughs> and, and that's, and I think that's insane. I think if anything, we might be dumber now than, <laughs> than we were before. Uh, I mean, they, you know, this is impressive to pull this off, you know, and, and, and to see that. So, I mean, they didn't really discover anything new. We're not finding out that like, that they... I don't know they had some kind of like like hidden knowledge or anything, mm -hmm. but it's just that they were so spot on. They were advanced, yeah. And we constantly find out stuff like that that ancient cultures were more advanced than people give them credit for. Sure, you know they had the um, the Antikythera device in yeah. in ancient Greece, and yeah. there's like so much chemistry that the ancient Egyptians did. Like they knew how to about embalming people. Oh, so sure. well, you know, they knew sure. all the, the to do all this stuff. They they boiled ants to get formaldehyde. Yeah, uh, they could do electroplating. Um, I mean, yep. there's, there's a lot of very interesting things. And understand, Uruk is like that. That's widely considered, other than maybe Gobekli uh, Gobe, Gobe, Gobe Tepe, Tepe <laughs> in Turkey. Uruk is considered widely considered the first city, like the first city ever. You know that 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 we really know of. Mm -hmm. uh, so to see this kind of level of advancement there, I mean, you know, there's 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 some interesting things to glean from that. Yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating story. Uh, and again, I think the real takeaway isn't isn't anything to do with Jupiter. It has to do with the fact that humans, two thousand years ago, however, you know, three thousand, four thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, were not stupid. 
they were <laughs> they were just as smart, if not smarter, than we are today. Yeah, I I there we go. Well, Brian, you know what else makes you stupider? Not just advancing time and uh, you know the winds of change, <laughs> but uh, Pamela Anderson is saying porn makes you stupider Ooh. and is bad. <laughs> remember that? Remember that rhyme that you used to hear on the p- playground a lot? Jupiter makes you stupider, or something like that. Oh, uh, no, yeah. What is it? Boys go to Mars to get no. more cars. Yeah, girls go to Jupiter to get more stupid. No, men go to Jupiter to be to get more super. It's something like that. I, I'm so glad I actually don't remember that at all. I think the kids at my school reversed it. Yeah, and I, I'm glad I don't. Really yeah, remember. it's not important. Then you could go with the crazy ones. It's like women go to Venus to get away from penis, and I mean, like all this. I, it wasn't to get away from penis that I remember. It was to oh, get more. Pe- it was always to get see, more of something. It was to see, get whether it was stupider or penis or cars I or. I just hung out with the ladies too much. You know, they, I didn't I didn't hear all the anti-lady stuff. Anyway. Ladies go to the moon to get more poon. <laughs> I should have thought of that when I was in second hey, grade. When you were in no, second that, grade? No, that no you have, should not have thought That would have been a little creepy. You're right. You're right. What am I saying? It's late at night, folks. <laughs> this is a fun show. Oh, you know what? We totally... F- freaking forgot what? to announce our season break all right well, oh. well we'll talk about it in the after show all okay right, we'll hold show. the thoughts right, we gotta right. get we got shit to get to stop the press <laughs> stop the merle stop the press right. so anyway pamela anderson says porn is bad okay pamela anderson yeah put pamela anderson who posed for playboy earlier this year <laughs> isn't this kind of like christians against christ I don't know what it is, but something has gone terribly, terribly weird with this. This is from Fox News. All right, let's do it. Former Playmate Pamela Anderson is urging people to give up pornography once and for all in a Wall Street Journal op-ed this week. She argues with Rabbi Shmuley Boteach. Shmuley. Can you imagine if that was your name? I, hey, Shmuley. I would live that up. You're like, you're you're with your wife in bed. Oh, Shmuley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Wouldn't you like I'm a sorry. thousand I'm shmoolies? sorry. I should not be making fun of his name. You know, we were talking about body shaming Trump. I I really should not be making fun of his name because I disagree with his ideas. So I'll just make fun of that instead. All right. She argues with Rabbi Shmuley Boteach that porn has a, quote, corrosive. And tell me if you think this is true, Brian. Okay. A, quote, corrosive effect on a man's soul and on his ability to function as a husband, and by extension, a father. (gasps) This is a public hazard of unprecedented seriousness, given how freely available, anonymously accessible, and easily disseminated, easily disseminated, Ah. pornography is nowadays. Anderson also labels porn as something for, quote, losers. Simply put, she says, we must educate ourselves and our children to understand that porn is for losers, a boring, wasteful, and dead-end outlet for people too lazy to reap the ample rewards of healthy sexuality, the duo wrote. Mm. Now, how did she hook up with this rabbi? I don't know, but, um, like, wasn't her whole career basically about her breasts like being sexy and yeah. being in playboy and <laughs> yeah i mean and, and you know no no offense to pamela anderson i mean i'm a huge i'm i mean no this. but i'm but a huge like, fan of baywatch I, I, right but what's wrong with what she did like i you know she's almost like 
you know, she's saying you should give up porn. Now, I didn't read her op-ed, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like she's saying, look, I'm so sorry, you know, because I've changed my mind. I was in a lot of magazines and I was in a lot of porn, but now looking back on it, I regret doing those things because I wasn't being fulfilled in that industry. You know, I didn't, I don't like the effect that it has on people. I see that now. I didn't see it before and I'm so Uh sorry. She just said, no, porn is bad. You should stop looking at it, right? Now that she's not making any money off of it, I guess. Yeah, like, so I, it's like the most... Right, now that she's done doing it, right? And it's it definitely seems a little bit ill-timed, a, a little bit in poor, you know, in in poor taste, right? A little hypocritical well, coming I'll, from her. I'll tell you, do you want to know what I think is really going on? What do you think is going I on? I think she's going to run for office. Oh, my God. In California. Oh, my God, please say no. That, that's, that's what I think uh, this is really about. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but you know, I, you, when you hear these terms healthy and rational and so I mean, th- there's times when rational gets used in, you know, in, in, in a, in a context that makes sense. Uh, there's times where healthy gets used in a context that makes sense. But like in this case saying, you know, what healthy sexuality, like when you hear that, t- when you hear that phrase, that phrase really should never be uttered again. <laughs> I think the only, ver- the only healthy sexuality there is, is the sexuality that's expressed. You know, like, like that's because, I mean, who says what is healthy, you know? Right. I mean, exactly. Right. Like she's the arbiter of what's healthy sexuality. Right. That's something you kind of have to decide for yourself. And it's, it's the way it's phrased is, is though, as though it is as though porn could never be part of a healthy sexuality when I really don't think that's true. Oh, I I totally disagree with her on everything she's saying. Now. Let me just say, I don't watch porn. I mean, maybe once every six months is mm-hmm. like my limit. I really don't watch porn. Um, it's just not my thing. I mean, I don't know. I have other f- ways to get turned on. Now, I will say I like a good softcore movie like, you know, HBO Cinemax from the 90s. I, guess the you, I know. We watch them together. Oh, <laughs> they are the best. I find those to be a turn on. I like a good erotic story, too. You know, like yep. an audio book. I like Ooh, a good romance boy. novel. I like a good short story or an anthology or two. Mm-hmm. I definitely like dig those, but... Um, not so much into porn, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that I think it destroys people's souls or anything like that. It's just kind of not really my thing, but well, souls don't exist for one. Whatever, if you want to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what about you? What's your relationship with porn, Brian? Oh, mine. Okay. So I don't, I don't really watch it either. Uh, except, I mean the softcore thing. Like I have gigs and gigs and gigs of classic like '90s softcore films. Oh and I man, mean, I am such a fan. Did of that. I ever tell the trunk story? That reminds me of this. The trunk story. Oh my god, it was literally junk in the trunk. I mean, what? <laughs> so, when I was in high school, I mm-hmm. had a friend that I went to high school with, and one day he comes into school. It was a guy. He comes into school. He's all excited. He's like, oh, my God, you'll never guess what I found. It was pure dumb luck. I was driving along in my car. I took a wrong turn. I went down a dead end street. And there at the end of the cul-de-sac, there was a trunk, you know, like a like a chest, like a pirate's chest. Yeah. You know, you would in the 90s, you would lock them up with a key and you could put your possessions in there. And if nobody had the key, nobody could get in and see your stuff. Right. Okay. So we go. So he's like, there's this chest, this trunk just sitting there. And so, of course, I had to go see what was in it. So he gets out of his car, he parks, nobody's there. It's just sitting there all by itself. He opens, he goes up to the trunk, it's open, it's unlocked. Mm -hmm. Inside this trunk was a, the whole thing was full of porn. Videos, 
magazines. This there used was to be commonplace. There might have been even laser discs in there at that time. Yep. Um, <laughs> I can remember walking down the road when I was a kid, and my brother and I, and we would you just find like wet like porn mags. On oh the side my of the god! Road. Like somebody just threw it out the window. Or yeah, something. I mean, this is like kind of. I in the hope woods. it was wet from the rain and not. From, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it was. Pages stuck together, but but yeah, it was like it was probably someone's dad, like you know, was embarrassed and like needed to get rid of it and just left it out there yeah. and hope that you know it would fall into good hands. But it was this high school boy that found it and he hit the jackpot. He <laughs> took it home. He had a field day. He even uh, gave me one of the tapes. <laughs> Yeah. And I watched it, and you know it was okay. But the one I watched was like one of the highest budget mm-hmm. porn films at the time. And um, yeah, I, I think I was eighteen at that point. Sure. I, I was. I'm pretty sure that was like my senior year of high school. So I was pretty much eighteen. So you know, it, it wasn't like I saw it when I was super young or anything, and I wasn't ready for it. But yeah, um, you know, it was it was kind of more funny than I found it sexy. You know, yeah. it had no plot. It was just, just you know. Even though it was supposed to be like high production value, it was very different than just watching well, a movie, you know, and a sec- a movie that had like a romance plot or whatever was way more interesting to me than something like that. So whatever, it wasn't really my thing even then, but, you know, my friend really liked it and he was so excited. Um, <laughs> but that was uh, that was the 90s. And now things are so different. I mean, kids grow up and they find porn on the Internet, like r- really pretty young in a lot of cases, you mm-hmm. know, the millennial, the younger millennials, because we're older millennials we still had porn magazines and videotapes but they had youtube and x or not youtube they have xtube and whatever other torrent sites and porn sites you know and it's like i kind of in one sense i kind of get what she's saying like without the shaming shaming and moralizing there is like a real thing where some people feel that they've watched so much porn that they get kind of desensitized to real sex and they they need like just you know, it's like they can have porn whenever they feel like it. You just open up your computer and jerk off. Well, and pretty soon it's like you're just doing it compulsively. I mean, for some people, some mm-hmm. people don't have that problem, but some people do. And so, yeah, I, I guess I can kind of see. I mean, some people really claim that they are addicted to porn and they do it compulsively and it's negatively impacting their life. That doesn't mean it does shouldn't exist or it shouldn't be available or something. Because, I mean, if there's a demand for something, it's just going to be available on the on the free market Mm -hmm. (laughs) the uh (laughs) it's gonna go underground essentially yeah you know and it's still gonna you're still gonna be able to get it it'll just be like weirder and more difficult to get um leading to shady stuff surrounding it but okay so i so i can see that there might be some problems with porn but i don't think you know it ruins it wrecks people's souls and makes them in a unable to function as a father and a husband right like that's no, ridiculous no, it, doesn't, it doesn't do that at all yeah can you be a husband and watch porn yes can you be absolutely. a dad and watch porn yeah so okay well so there is a i think there is a there might be a concern and maybe she's just not wording it well and i kind of share this concern mm-hmm. that porn t- this is going to sound so like i don't know ageist or something but porn today is kind of an issue in my opinion mm-hmm. um for a few different reasons coming from an older millennial Coming from an older millennial <laughs> who's been on porn sets and who actually has family in the porn business. Yeah. Um, but the problem with, I think the problem with today's porn is that like, it doesn't, how to put this, it doesn't really set things up. Like it, it's, or not that it doesn't set things up. My concern is, is that porn, like sex in, on film, 
Okay. Sex on film. If that is the definition of pornography, sex on film should not be its own thing. In my opinion, it should be a movie just like anything else. Well, well, it it should be, it should just be out there. Like it should just be a thing. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be something shady and whatever. Like there, it shouldn't be separate from like regular movies. Is that what you're saying? There, there is a problem when we I demonize agree. porn, when we turn porn into 10 minute segments. Okay. And that that's all yeah. that sexuality, that, that that's all that sex on film is, is a 10 minute right. segment. It's like this quick thing you have to do as fast and efficiently as possible. So you don't get caught. Right. right. You don't feel ashamed of yourself for so long. <laughs> right. Now that is not all porn. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that is a lot of porn today. Like, and it's due partly to the, you know, the, the essence of the internet, I guess, yeah. or the essence of the World Wide web. I should say the internet is really a very different thing. Um, th- that this is a problem. I, I agree with that, that I think there is this certain, there is a certain training that goes on. Not that it makes you a bad husband or that makes you a bad father or anything like that, but there is this odd separation of sexuality and, you know, the context of life with, you know, outside of it, because really, you know, they should kind of be one and the same. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I I really agree with that, Brian. I like your perspective on that. Yeah. So so I do have issues with with porn. I wish it was more integrated with normal life. Right. Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about like the softcore porn, right? Yeah. Like these are full movies. Maybe that's movies. why I like softcore porn. Yeah. Because it's a movie and it actually has a plot. They're full movies. The people look relatively normal. Relatively. Okay. You know, in comparison to, Hot, to some of what Hot, but normal. You, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like it's more. And, and you actually get some like decent acting. And I'm not, please, I'm not insulting. There's a lot of porn actors and actresses that are phenomenal actors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but. Oh, you'd have to be to smile while there's a big. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you lose, you lose so much of the context and I think it, it create, it actually really creates a very, I, I think, uh, uh, an odd stigma around sex itself. Not that the sex is bad. Not that porn existing is bad. Porn has been around as long as there have been humans. You can look at the cave wall paintings of it. Okay. Uh, but you know, it, it just you lose something when it when it's when it's a thirty second clip or it's a ten minute uh, you, you know little little shot. Uh, so that that's 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 my issue. I don't know if Pamela Anderson was saying that, mm-hmm. but if so, like I think we need to start. I don't know. I didn't read her op-ed. I probably should have read it. Oh, you I know. Didn't... But look, we try to do this show with as little work as possible <laughs> to, to on our show prep. Yeah, but. Well, anyway, maybe there needs to be a different term for that kind of porn, you know, for whatever that is, because that that I think is a problem. She said there should be a discussion, an honest dialogue about the true nature and danger of porn and an honor code to tamp it down in the collective interests of our well-being as individuals, families and communities. And and this now I just I just fail to see how watching sex on video interferes with your ability to be part of a family. You know what I mean? Now, you could say the whole argument about, oh, porn degrades women and it's it shows like these violent depictions and you would never treat someone like that in real life. And I mean, that's such a a complicated thing because one, it kind of assumes people can't separate reality from fantasy. Right. Right. And recognize that porn is fantasy and anything you see on a movie is fantasy. It's not real life doesn't work like it does in the movies. Yeah. Right. And, you know, as far as it degrades women. Well, okay. You know, the people who are attracted to porn where women are being degraded, they're probably, whether or not they watch the porn, they're probably going to want to do that stuff in the bedroom anyway, right? Yeah. Hashtag not all porn. <laughs> so what would be an example of like a good porn or one that you 
one that you think is ethic? Because I know there's there's genres of porn out there for everything, including people who are like, oh, you know, I'm vegan and I don't buy leather sex toys because that would be bad for animals. Like people who are ethical porn consumers, they probably call themselves that. There is porn out there for them. And it includes all body types, trans people, sure. you know, th- p- things that, you know, fall outside of the conventional beauty standards. And some people really love that porn. So there's, yeah. there is like good porn out there. Well, I mean, when porn started, I think that there was a lot more to it because, I mean, you had effectively porn auteurs, like, you know, the directors, um, like Axel Braun's father. Now, you know, Axel Braun is known for doing all the parodies today, which are, you know, maybe some of the somewhat better porn because they're at least trying to integrate a story of some kind mm-hmm. uh, in that. But, you know, his father made some of the some of the classics. Uh, I mean, there, you know, films used to there used to it used to be an art like people saw it as an art. And that's the thing is like now it's just OK. No, no, you don't understand. We just need we need five minutes of this woman, you know, getting banged to no end. And and then that's the clip. And, we, you know, we'll make a bunch of money off of that. Right. Uh, and And, you know, and now it's getting harder and harder to actually make money off of it. Sure. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one porn that I, I don't, I mean, it's okay that it exists, but I think it's boring as shit was Pamela Anderson's own fucking sex tape with, with Tommy Lee. <laughs> uh huh. You thought that was boring. I never saw oh, it. Oh, it was boring. It was terrible. Like, I mean, yeah, you got to see, you know, Tommy Lee's hung like a horse. Great. You know, but I mean, yeah, that's only entertaining it, for so long. Yeah. You know? Half the time it's them off the back of the boat swimming, you know, nude and whatever. But anyway, I mean, and and to be clear, they they sold that like like that was yeah. She knew that was being released. Yeah, she they signed were like it. a release form for it. Right in California, you have to. There's a law. You've got to sign this thing. You know, saying that it's going to be released. If she didn't sign it, it would have never gotten out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's ridiculous. But anyway, but I mean, there, yeah, there's ways to do it. You know, integrate some story. I think is good. Uh, you know, you don't have to do so many of the so many of the, what's cinemagenic. Or maybe pornogenic. I've never heard that word used before. But, pornogenic. But the idea of cinemagenic is that you're doing something to make it look good on camera. Right. That okay. you wouldn't really do in real life. That isn't actually how you do it. Like, yeah. Like if you like see some of the positions and how wide they have to like spread their legs and the right things they have to hold, the poses they have to hold. Sure. Or when you My see God, <laughs> right? When you see a guy eating pussy in a porn movie, like oh, that is they, not oh, how it's you terrible. eat pussy. Terrible. If you really were eating pussy right, you wouldn't see much of anything. You'd see it, the him clamp down or her clamp down on the woman's bits, right. and most of the action is happening inside the closed mouth that you don't even see. So it, exactly, if he's doing it right, you know, he or she. Yeah. Uh, and but what'll happen is is that if you were doing it right on set. You know, you're going to, the director's going to yell out, open it up, open it up. That's what you're going to hear, you know? And yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> right. And then he like, he, you know, he, he sticks out his tongue. He tries to hope he's Gene Simmons, oh, you know, God. or something and, and whatever. Man, I, I and you know, th- you're right. That is a problem because I've, I've experienced that and they don't know the difference. No, right. They have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea that that's bad form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think, I mean, a way to make a great porn, you know, again, is to have context, have story, have, uh, you know, have it be realistic in what you're seeing. Um, I mean, and if you want it to be, you know, one of the hottest types of porn out there is instructional porn. Oh, I love that instructional is so porn hot. genre. Yeah. Oh, I, man. You know, and so, I mean, that, that's a great thing. I mean, you can, you know, you could jerk off or, you know, masturbate or, or, you or know, practice you be watching with a it partner. together. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, or however many partners, whatever, you know, I mean... 
you could do that all day long and get oh, yeah. off on that. I agree. That's a good pick. Yeah. So there's lots of great Brian ways Sovereign's to do it. Brian Sovereign's top eight porn picks. Oh boy. I, I do have a top eight <laughs> films, but I'm not going to do that right now. So, <laughs> so, so do you feel like this has ruined your relationship with me? Not at all. No, not at all. No, and it hasn't relation, so it hasn't ruined my relationships in any way that I've ever seen. So, Brian, on a completely another subject, <laughs> uh, now that we've solved the world's problems on that. You mean we're not going to talk about fingering? Well, that's where I was going. Oh. But it's not what you think. <laughs> so before the show, we really wanted to open with that whole headphones story because it was just so viral this week. But yeah, it was so viral. Um, <laughs> but before the show, we're sitting in the kitchen having dinner and Brian goes to me, you know, I have a theory. And I'm like, what's your theory, Brian? Well, all right. I don't have a theory. I have a concern, but go ahead. Well, it starts out with a concern and then it builds into a whole theory. Oh, right? I do have a theory as to why the concern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you do have a theory. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I have a theory. And I'm like, what's your theory? And he goes, well, have you noticed that like over the last 15 years, men's fingertips have gotten increasingly narrower? I, I have not spoken. I did not speak with such certainty, but keep going. Well, you were actually like kind of afraid to mention it because you were worried that men would get offended if you said that they had skinny fingers, right? Uh, I, Is that like, I mean, it's yes. not like it yeah, sure. okay. reflects <laughs> on your dick width or anything, right? No, it has nothing to do with dick. It has it has zero to do with dick. Yeah, okay. like like it actually <laughs> like, like so many things. Yeah, I, I like I'm concerned that it would somehow insult you know the the fragile ego, right? Like of of yeah. Uh, what are you saying? I don't. My fingers are girly, huh? Like what well, are you saying I puss could, fingers, huh? It could come off as like saying you know you're not man enough or something like that. I mean the whole the whole notion was very conventional. Okay, so I'm speaking very conventional, not actually what I think. I think I should explain it. Okay. Yeah, please explain it. I just was introducing it, but you go ahead. Okay. You have the floor. So I've noticed for a couple decades, okay, that a lot of people, including a lot of my friends, uh, like their their hands, okay, their fingers in particular, are exceptionally long and thin. Like their hands aren't large, just their fingers are long and thin. And like even their fingernails are like these really like long, I don't I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that I've noticed this. And like, I, are we talking like ET or like yeah, kind salad of. fingers? No, kind or? of ET. Kind of ET. Mm. Okay, kind of. And well, that's. Um, I mean, there were pictures of people's hands from more than 15 years ago. So sure. Okay. You probably verify. All right. Well, let me keep science. going. Okay. okay sorry. Sorry. No, that's okay. I All couldn't right. resist. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway. Um, so my, my theory was, is that because now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I've been to the Middle East. One of the first things that'll shock you about the Middle East is that men's hands over there are massive. Even the women's hands are pretty good sized. Okay. But I mean, they are just massive hands. And I mean, I wear an extra large glove and you know, they're a good half size larger than my hands. I mean, they're just, they're huge. And they've got mitts. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the idea going, if you ask about it, why is this so? It's because these people work their ass off. Like they do Wait, a lot they of work manual with their labor. Hands, yeah. yeah. Okay. Even the I, women do. Right. Yeah. I mean, doing whatever, you know, it, it's, it's just so. And so I wondered if a lot of these more, and I don't mean this as an insult. I'm just going to use it as a descriptor more like feminine, say fingers. <laughs> okay. 
Uh huh. You s- yep. I'm I'm really trying not to be. I'm just I'm just trying to you know express dainty this dainty Don't fingers dainty. But but I mean it's more than that. It's like like I say it's kind of that et Delicate, thing. Like yeah. that I wonder if it comes from the from you know the like the internet age. Like it comes from you know keyboards. You know constantly using keyboards and, ga- and gaming joysticks. Which please, I've been using keyboards and and, and joysticks my whole life you know, or in game pads and whatever, you know, so, and I, I don't think I have those, I don't feel I have those kinds of hands or those kinds of fingers, but no, you got big hands. Yeah. Yeah. Hands are nice. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> but, but I wonder about this cause like, it's kind of strange. And in fact, on some, on some like a uh, uh, younger people that I see today and you see their pictures, like the base of their finger is very wide, mm-hmm. but then at the tip, <laughs> it gets like really it narrow out. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, hey, I was going to say it, you know, but I mean, it gets really narrow and I I wonder about this and I wonder. And, and so my overall theory is, is that it just comes from the fact that there's not a lot of manual labor done anymore. And yeah, well, you know, were you, sorry, were you going to say something more? I, well, just OK, go ahead. Yeah. I just have an irony on the whole fact is that a lot of the people, a lot of the keyboard warriors that say there aren't any real men anymore. Have those hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and okay, that was good. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think it's funny. And I, I kind of like sometimes I want to say to them, you know, I just want to like put my hand up to their face. And I don't mean talk to the hand. I mean, brother, take a look. You know, you're not being very mannish yourself. If that's supposed to, if these if that's actually a symbol. Now, I'm speaking very conventionally. I'm not saying what I actually think. I don't care what your hands look like. Okay, and I, and I don't buy into all this, the, you know, all the gender bullshit arguments, and you know, the MRA crap. Okay, but, eh. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, you know what I was thinking of before when you mentioned E.T.? I remember them talking about, like, I don't know if it was Steven Spielberg, but it was somebody who was involved with, like, the design or whatever of, of E.T., and they were, they were, there was this idea in the 90s or in the 80s that over time as we started relying on computers and machines more to do work and doing less physical manual labor mm-hmm. our bodies would become more like ET we'd be shorter yeah. in stature we'd have long thin fingers long thin fingers our eyes would get bigger our heads would get bigger yes. but our bodies would shrink yes yeah now or keep and going. maybe that's happening yeah so the bbc did an article about this like uh, maybe four or five years ago where a a research team was actually talking about that, that by like the 20, by the 22nd century, humans could look very different. Like they could, they could almost be weird. Yeah. They, they could almost start looking like, you know, kind of like the gray aliens. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, let me be clear based on stuff I was saying earlier about a and all, you know, that the Jupiter and all that crap, I don't think aliens have ever been to earth and I don't think there's many alien species in the entire universe. So I just want to be clear on that before I get accused of something. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's sort of weird. You know, I mean, it like, I don't know if I buy into it that that's going to happen. But, I mean, if it does, it's, you know, it's evolution, I guess. I mean... Now, I haven't noticed the long, thin fingers thing, but there are a lot of people who look at fingers as like, and and they interpret all kinds of meaning. It's almost like palmistry, Mm -hmm. but it's supposedly based in science, which is kind of dubious, you know, like, I'm not sure how good the science really is, but supposedly they say that... If your testosterone, the amount of testosterone you're exposed to in utero while you're developing controls the length of your ring finger and your index finger. More testosterone means longer ring finger relative to the index finger. 
And less testosterone means longer index finger, shorter ring finger. Yeah. So um, I have this sign that apparently means I'm kind of gay or something, or a little bit masculine. Oh, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not you're quite as bi exactly as a plane. <laughs> gay, but I'm definitely not straight. Um, <laughs> there's something in between. Anyway, um, there's more coming up in the after show. <laughs> I don't know if it's pseudoscience or if it's real, but um, my fingers are not going to be looking like E.T. anytime soon if I have anything to say about it. I'm going to go out and work with my hands. You have a great Friday. Join us for the after show. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week. We were gone for like less than a minute. Did you miss us? <laughs> E.T. Phone Home! Did you like that movie? I... It was so fucking sad. Okay, so yeah. that... That and... Oh, what was that movie with Littlefoot? The... The dinosaur where the mom died. When I was like four oh, years... Land Before Time. Land Before Time! Time. Yeah, yes, yeah. Land Before Time yeah. one because there was like five or six of them, right? Yep. When Littlefoot's mom died, my mom took me to the movies because I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid. Another sign that I'm totally gay or something. <laughs> a queer, dinosaur-loving love kid with ET fingers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love dinosaurs too. I mean, they're just they're so cool. How could you not like them? But yeah. Anyway, and, and I mean, like women, they're so. <laughs> how could you not like them? <laughs> anyway. Um, my mom took me to see The Land Before Time when I was four years old in the theater, and I like still remember how upset I was by it. Like the the mother died. Yeah, it was so fucking sad. Yeah, it's the dinosaur version it's a of Bambi. Dinosaur, yes, yeah, the dinosaur version of Bambi. Sharp tooths coming after. Them and she and... had to like take me home because I couldn't stop crying. I was oh, so love. sad. I'm sorry. I know. Did you get the little? Did you get the little uh, hand puppet rubber hand puppets from Pizza Hut? No, oh, but I, I wish those. I had. That would have made great. me feel better. But you didn't like E.T. Thought it was sad. E.T. was sad too. I remember being. I remember eating Reese's Pieces, watching E.T. in the theater, yeah, and feeling really sad because E.T. was lonely and they, they had this friendship with the little boy, and then they had to separate, and it was sad. And E.T. dies, right? Like, well, no. The, well, anyway, it's a sad movie. It's like, a sad. Oh shit! Did I spoil no, it? No, no, no. You got it. He didn't die. Okay, so. shit. Well, I just remember him like lying in a gutter and feeling really sad. Yeah. So either way, that was the impression left on me. <laughs> Had a little Mandela syndrome there. Yeah, that's all right. So, with the Mandela ET. effect. Yeah. I just remember it was it was sad, and yeah. I don't really know why, but I remember feeling so. Sad. So all right, I try to look at it objectively, and the movie E.T. alone is very sad and i actually don't think it's like that great of a movie the john williams score is fantastic okay but when you when you listen to there was the there was a a a special album that was released where it was michael jackson along with the john williams score and some other special songs oh my god really yeah and like michael jackson like they do this whole like audio narration this audio theater it's really great okay that came out back then wow i had no idea yeah so when you get that it becomes better and then there's a book by uh, william kotzwinkel that came out uh boy that well this is in the 80s and actually steven spielberg like did the intro for the forward for it and it was based on his work it's called the book of the green planet 
And this is a sequel to E.T. And it's great. Like it's it, the novel's really, really good. Uh, so it actually makes the movie a lot better. Um, so if you want to buy that novel stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, it's ET, the book of the green planet. That's right. Yes. Stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Now I have one more ET story if you okay, want. Okay. Yes. So tell me. So I, you know, so I'm kind of an ET fan. And in fact, ET also, or the species that is ET, uh, is in Star Wars in episode one, which yep. is one of the reasons I love the movie episode one. Uh, so really E.T. is a Star Wars movie now. So, you know, I'll, I'll love it just for that. But We're anyway, all Star Wars movies now. That's right. Uh, so, but I went to, so I'm kind of a fan. So when I was, I went to Universal Studios, uh, this would be like the year 2000. In the year 2000. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... I, I, at Universal Studios, they have an E.T. ride where you get to actually go through the green planet, which is a lot of what that novel is that I recommend buying at stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, uh, you know, is about. And so you go on this bike ride. It's just, you know, it's a set track ride, but these, it's these little bikes and I'm a big guy, you know, six foot one, you know, 200, over 200 pounds and yep. all this stuff. And I get on this little bike with, uh, with my, my girlfriend at the time and, they put the bike, they, they kind of, you know, cause it's a ride. So they close down the bike handles on me and it just crushes my nuts. Oh, like, oh man. Oh. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to say anything. Ouch. Oh shit. Oh, my God. I want to see this ride so bad. I love ET. God damn it. Oh, God. And, I'm so stoic. and I'm riding on it. I'm just like, yeah, this is great. And oh my God, it hurts. So oh, the rest fuck. of the day, it was oh, so, God, oh I'm man, so I mean, sorry. it just crushed my nuts and I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't figure out how to adjust it, and I didn't. Oh, it was bad. Anyway, wow, all that trauma, horrible. though, and I, I still kind of dig E.T. But all right, now <laughs> let's get into what people have bought through stuff. Well, actually, wait, before <laughs> that, we will get into it. Oh, boy, I'm still trying to recover from that story. But, yeah. Um, we will get into it, but we we completely flubbed and forgot to announce our our plan oh a, right future plan for sex and science hour okay so like we said we're going to keep doing the show plans and within plans season three is approaching um season three is not here yet we're gonna i mean really it's up to us how long we do season two and we can do however many the fuck we want but yes i think 25 is a pretty good number and yeah. we planned it out and that takes us to like the third week in september and this is episode 22, so we got three more episodes. So we're going to do 25 episodes in season two. Then we're going to take a break for like... Uh, week or two? I, uh, yeah, I was thinking three weeks. Oh, I was thinking three good. weeks, yeah. Good. I mean, we could release some content just so we can stay on LRN, because, nah. you know, there are sticklers about having a new show every couple of weeks. But, um, you know, we could do that, uh, or we could just not... We could just yep. kind of take a break. But I just wanted to announce there will be a break coming up for either b between two weeks and four weeks, I would say, mm -hmm. between seasons two and three of Sex and Science Hour. But you can use that opportunity to go back and listen to all of season one, all of season two. There's now like 40 or 50 episodes almost of yeah. Sex and Science Hour. And they're all on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash sexandsciencehour or sexandsciencehour.com. Yes, you know what I think? I think I will release uh, some some like choice season one episodes because people on LRN never heard those. That's a great idea. So, okay, let's do that. We'll recycle our old content. Right. Yeah, that sounds great. That's good. Okay, cool. 
Um, so I guess now we can, uh, now that that's out of the way, let's start the show. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now oh. that that's out of the way, we can get to our Amazon stuff. But, um, oh, I do just want to say for the person who wanted us to take a vacation in the woods, we're working on it. We're, yes. We've been thinking about it. We're planning yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to take advantage we're of those planning three weeks. It. We are going to take full advantage. That's right. <laughs> can you watch porn in the woods? I don't know. Ah, Does that defeat the purpose? My Cloudbook 14 <laughs> has 16 hours woods, battery life. Does and, anyone hear it? <laughs> <laughs> and I have local data. Fuck that cloud streaming shit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Okay, so um, what did people buy through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com? And if you're just joining us for our after show and you don't know about it, we read off the stuff that people get through our Amazon affiliate link. We don't know who bought it, don't worry, but we do have a list of what was bought. So we get to, uh, like, you know, creep on them a little bit and speculate about what we bought it for. But be warned. Amazon knows. Amazon knows. Amazon they know. Knows they are everything. like the all-seeing eye of Big Brother. They are. Uh, so, what did somebody get this week? So, the first item we have is a JVC KDR six seventy CD receiver. Now, you're probably nice. hearing all these letters, and it's like, what the fuck is deck. that? I had to look it up and open it and see what it was. But it's like a car stereo. Yeah, so, it's, it's a CD receiver with an AM FM tuner. And it's compatible with, uh, you, you can put a USB flash drive on. Nice. It's very similar to the one I have in my car, Brian. And, uh, yeah, you just, it looks like you just pop it right into a car or you could probably put it somewhere else. You might mount it in your house or something like that. Um, I'll tell you, when I was oh, younger, to- Toyota. Hey, well, that's all right. Interesting. Toyota's yeah. a good car. Uh, I love my Toyota. Yeah. I, you know, when I was a, a younger and slightly less intelligent man, um, I, I used to spend so much money on, on car stereo stuff. I mean, that was like, that was the thing. Oh, it was a big deal for a and, while, wasn't it? And I actually, I really miss, I loved the things they were figuring out to do with these little, you know, these little, not LCD screens, but just these screens that had, you know, I forget what they called the tech, you know, where it's all these different LED dots and oh, everything yeah. to where they could make like pictures. Like I had my <laughs> last pioneer deck could have, uh, like it would have dolphins, like swimming across. Oh my God, like you must have loved dolphins. that. You're, oh, you so love cool. dolphins. It was so cool. I, man, I loved my stereo system. You know, I got pulled over for playing Tom Jones. Can you believe that? Was that really the reason? Yeah, it was absolutely the reason. Oh my God, there, no way. There was a town, New Hartford, and it was notorious for the cops. Well, like, because this is when subwoofers were, you know, like a, a, a you know, a national Oh problem. yeah, you can't have tinted windows. You can't have yep. subwoofers. Yeah. Well, you can't play <laughs> right. it loud anyway. Right. And so like cops in New Hartford in New York, they would pull people over for you know for for blasting their music too loud you know like like menace to the public whatever i don't know blasphemy yeah and so and and i actually got pulled over i was playing tom jones because i'm a big fan of tom jones and i actually said to the cop i was like are you serious it's like i was playing tom jones you know i wasn't playing jay-z what what the hell do you want and fortunately what what is that is tom jones white yeah, Tom Jones, you know, like Tom Jones, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone, you know, like that. that so Tom what Jones. What should it matter if you're listening to gay white people music instead of. Well, because the re- I think the real problem was, is they didn't want like a certain like racial element. And I disagree with that, of course. I'm a huge puff. You know, oh, Diddy so you fan. were just trying to play into the, the cops. Well, I was prejudices. just saying, no, no, no. What I was saying was, it's like, look, who would, who, who complaining about loud music would complain about Tom Jones? Uh huh. You know, that was my point. I wasn't playing any kind of like race card or anything. So, 
Anyway. You were perpetuating the system. Well, what I wasn't an anarchist. All those, okay? all those white people in the neighborhood, they don't mind if you play Tom Jones. I love Tom Jones, but it's just like, you know, come on. Like, I, I knew, everybody knew why they were pulling people over with subs, because they figured they were drug dealers and they were black. You know, and that's terrible that that was happening. Yes. Uh, you know, but anyway. My, so you got out of over. your ticket by being white and listening to white music. No, I music. still got a ticket. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, it was 20 bucks. It's not a big deal. Oh my God, that just... is so stupid. That's one of those ones that people won't fight because it's so small. Yeah. You know, they'll just pay it. Yeah. And then I the cop's young. like, ha, 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 I got money from this fuck. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, so we, we <laughs> do not, on. we do not approve of that. Anyway, no. we got, um, we got somebody got board shorts. So I don't oh, know if they're planning on some kind of like Caribbean vacation, but they got some nice standard bro blue board shorts. And they're they're like a Smurf blue with two white stripes down the side. Not three, because that's Adidas, and that's mm. like patented, but mm-hmm. two white stripes you can do. And then they have like a cargo pocket, so you could put your sunglasses in while you go swimming. Nice. And then somebody else got men's quick dry shorts with zipper pockets. So those are like running shorts, probably. What color? Uh, black. Your yeah, favorite. There's right. only one color. I mean, I agree. let's get real. Oh, no, there's blue and black, but they both look black to me. Black and blue. Yep. You'll be black and blue after you run a marathon in these shorts. I, and, the, and your phone's in the pocket smacking against your balls every <laughs> time you take a step. Somebody got a, a graphics card, NVIDIA GeForce GTX 950, 2GB nice. SC Gaming Silent Cooling Graphics Cards, which have a built-in fan, $129 price point. That's pretty cool. Good job. What do you that? think they're playing video games? Because I think, you know, there was only one of those bots, so they're probably not making a mining rig. Nobody makes a mining rig no. anymore. Yeah, they're definitely video games for video games. And, and if they're not for video games, they, there's a model called Quadro that uh or quattro that whatever one's the razor that yeah, uh, that, that nvidia comes familiar. out with and that is specifically designed for like workstation graphics so oh. you can generally if somebody if, if somebody's buying a video card usually they're playing games like and, if you're rendering video like would you need yep, that if you're video, like a video even producer? photoshop lots of oh, those photoshop, things yeah. yeah quadros are i mean they're super powerful super expensive cards uh, i will say just a quick couple quick recommendations if you are playing pc games Today, just today, as of this recording, they announced Duke Nukem 3D, the 20th anniversary edition, is getting released in October, and Shadow Warrior 2 is getting released in October. Both hot picks, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, rock out that graphics card. All right, go ahead. Wow. All right. Love the Duke. We got... uh, Okay, somebody bought a $50 mouse that looks like a dildo. Oh, is it an Arc mouse? Yes, it's an Arc mouse. It's, yep. it's a Microsoft. I can't really. So people understand. I don't see the screen. I see like the edge of the screen, and so but I could. <laughs> but recognize you see the, the shape mouse. of it, right? Yep, I mean, does that mouse. not look like a sex toy? I think it does. Yeah. So what these can do is you can fold them. Up, yeah. And then they can expand. They look like phasers from the next generation. It does look a little bit like a phaser. Yeah. Yep. If my mind was clean, I would have said that, but it well, wasn't clean. Set those phasers to stun. <laughs> That's right. It's a stunning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Microsoft Arc Touch Bluetooth mouse for PC, Microsoft Surface, and Windows tablets, and it was gray with a blue box. Great mouse. Great. I mean, yeah. people totally forget about Microsoft's hardware division. It's been around since like 1983, I think. Yeah. And it's one of the best hardware. Uh, it's a small one, but it's one of the best hardware developers on the planet. Uh, so, I, do you know if this is wire? If this is noiseless, um, or if this is makes a clicky, it would be pretty quiet. Sound? 
it would be oh. very quiet. They're they're nice, nice mice. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. I think for voiceover work, you still need a silent mouse, which I'm using right now I to agree. close this tab that I had this open with that mouse on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've talked about, you know, people are constantly buying noiseless mice because I have a popular blog post about it. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to separate the tracking IDs. So it ends up in the yeah. stuff for sex and science hour. But if you want to uh, find a review of noiseless mice, I did one on my yeah, I, I, I do want to say very quickly that like Microsoft hardware, again, their mice, their game pads, their keyboards, all that. Even if you're a Linux user, even if you're an Apple user, whatever, just Microsoft's hardware is so good. I always buy Microsoft's hardware whenever I need new hardware. It, it's just that rock solid. Anyway, go ahead. Fallout 4. Somebody bought Fallout 4. Oh, there we go. Couldn't for put PC, that a download card. Yeah, that's it. might have been the same person. Nice. Great game. Yeah. Um, so, what is the premise of Fallout? So, is it's it like a, a zombie po- thing. Not exactly. It's post-apocalyptic. Yep. Uh, and it's an RPG, like on steroids. It's it's. I mean, like very high-end graphics. It's not like RPGs like I make, like Hypercronius or Ninja Trek. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's post-apocalyptic. You set up, you know, you 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 kind of like get in with different groups that have survived, you know, this terrible catastrophe. Uh, and there's a lot of you know leftover technology and all the stuff that you get to take advantage of. Um, and it, it, like the amount of customization you get to do is what's made the Fallout series so popular uh, for really for almost huh. 20, 25 years. Wow. Cool. Yeah. yeah I a, know some people who really swear by it and love it. Yeah. I've never Fallout, played it myself, but yeah, no, cool. Fallout 2 is my favorite. But anyway, go ahead. All right. So from gamers to hippies, we have Dr. Ooh. Bronner's Pure Castile Soap. I love hippies. This is a, me too. I consider myself sort of one, I guess. They're the original rebels. Like before technology enabled oh, rebellion, I know, right? hippies yeah. were, the rebel, were the rebels. I mean, I think they're great. Yeah. Me too. I I definitely have hippie sympathies. Yep. Um, I I had someone once tell me they were disturbed by how much of a leftist they thought I was. <laughs> disturbed. That's what turns me on. Uh, oh wait. Yeah, uh, I let that out of the bag. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, but I do like Doctor Bronner's. Let's just put it that. All right. I do like Doctor Bronner's. I like yoga. I love tofu, but I know it's not healthy for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> So there's that. Anyway, but Dr. Bronner's makes all one hemp baby soap. And this is like solid bars. So, you know, they have liquid soaps, but this is like a a bar of soap. And it's for mild and gentle for baby sensitive skin, or it's great for shaving. Pretty sure you're not going to be shaving your baby, but you could shave yourself and then bathe your baby with the same soap if you wanted to. And now this is unusual because it has such good reviews. I know... um, Dr. Bronner's is a kind of a cult, has kind of a cult following as a brand. You mm-hmm. know, like there's people who are really dedicated to Dr. Bronner's. He's got these Bible verses on the wrappers too, which I don't know if I'm so into, but I love the product. Yeah. Um, and it's got 193 reviews, 4.8 out of five stars. 89% are five star reviews. That's, that's good. That's better than most products on Amazon. So do you think Dr. Bronner made his soaps so good so that it could wash the gay away? No, I don't think Dr. Bronner minds if you're gay. Yeah, and in no, fact, actually, I, yeah. <laughs> I think he made his soaps with hemp so he could use the pot for something. <laughs> right on. Uh, anyway, do, you know, Dr. Bronner, we've talked about this on the show. He camps out on the lawn of the White House and with like marijuana signs. Good. Of like legalize it and cannabis and things like that. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I think he gets his hemp from Canada. Because you can't grow hemp in the U.S., I don't think. Well, not since like the 1940s, back when they wanted you to do it. Yeah, they uh, 
they've out they've outlawed it. Some company lobbied Dupont, I think, mm. got hemp outlawed. But hemp is an incredibly useful plant. I mean, the seeds are just very nutritious. There's lots of protein. There's hemp protein you can buy. There's hemp cloth. You know, you can hippies make clothes out of it. You know, damn right. And you can make soap from it. So there you go. Hemp lesson of the day. Somebody got one of these handy folding tables. It's a lifetime height adjustable folding utility table, 48 by 24 inches, white granite. And this is just, you know, one of those folding tables where you might want to set up a booth or something or play cards with your friends and you just yeah. unfold it and plump it down and Bunch of Satanists. sit there. <laughs> what? Oh, f- oh playing, <laughs> playing cards, cards is satanic. I get it. All right. You're, you're so... We have to explain something to the listeners. I'm sorry. Excuse Brian. His parents wouldn't let him play cards when he was a baby because they thought the cards were going to put the Satan in him and they yep. were satanic. So and then well, he ended up on Sex and Science Hour. Fast forward about 30 years. He ended looks up like on they the were show. right. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so shit. Because I started Solid. playing Go Fish and it never went back. <laughs> Oh, and to go with the folding ch- table, we've got a four pack of <laughs> no, you know, sorry. folding just, chairs. Yes, sorry, I'm just picturing it, like, like just like Satan just like, comes out yeah, out of the like, card I'm and like, down with my grandmother like and, sucks into you. Right? Yeah, like just playing with my grandmother. Tentacles just saying to are my coming grandma, out of your mouth. Ah. Like, yeah, it's like now, Grandma, go fish, and then suddenly, boom, you know, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it'd be amazing. Oh, that's not the Joker. That looks yeah. like Satan. <laughs> Oh, uh, but it is the king. Ooh. Brian, do I have my glasses on wrong? I can't. It looks like Satan's at the card table with us. I love it. Anyway. All right. Um, it's all right. Well, somebody got a four pack of chairs or maybe having bridge night or something. Nice. All right. Four yeah. pack of chairs, 125 bucks. That's not bad, right? That's like 30 bucks a chair, you know, yeah. give or take 31, 31, 25. Um, <laughs> 41, math, 24, I'm 36. A, like, no, it's 31, 20. It's $125 for four chairs. So it's $31 and 25 cents a chair, ah, right? Okay. Gotcha. Math. Sorry. I thought that we were doing a little I hope I'm right because I'd look like an idiot if I wasn't. All right. Um, uh, but I'm not going to edit it out because that's what we do. <laughs> Somebody bought a book called The Memory Code, The Traditional Aboriginal Memory Techniques That Unlock the Secrets of Stonehenge, Easter Easter Island, and the Ancient Monuments the world over is this a book it's a book yeah you would love this book holy shit by lynn kelly it's called the memory code the memory code by lynn kelly yeah look that up brian oh wow comes up in the past the elders had encyclopedic memories they could name all the animals and plants across the landscape and the stars in the sky too yet most of us struggle to memorize more than a short poem Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue, I am dumb and so are you. That's what she would say. It was like the most we could remember. <laughs> Using traditional Aboriginal Australian song lines as the key, Lynn Kelly has identified the powerful memory technique used by indigenous people around the world. She has discovered this ancient memory technique is the secret behind great stone monuments like Stonehenge, which have so long puzzled archaeologists. So it's all about a song. Oh, that's stupid. That's like a mnemonic device. Wow, she's got a ton of books. I won't judge. I won't judge. Maybe it's not just about mnemonic devices, but we already knew about those. I don't know if you need a whole book. But that's kind of a bold claim. When you say you're going to unlock the secrets of Stonehenge, I'm like, okay, you better give me something good here. Yeah, I'm in. But that sounds like an interesting book. Um, Another book called Stay by Emily Goodwin. Trigger warning. It it comes with a trigger warning. (laughs) This book is dark. 
Dang. This book is dank. It's dank. <laughs> this book is dark. That shit is dank. Yeah, it is dank. <laughs> you gotta leave that in. <laughs> I left it in. We're Are we recording? Yeah, okay. We're recording. <laughs> we had to stop with a giggle fit with this dank book. Oh my god. All right. Are we done with the dank books? <laughs> Wait, don't you want to know the plot? It's about human trafficking. All right, I'm not going to read it. It's dark. That's not dank. No, it's just dark. Oh. Somebody, okay, this is really freaking cute. Speaking of dinosaurs, that's like a theme on our show. Somebody got like a spaghetti spoon, a spaghetti server that is shaped like a dinosaur and it's called the Postasaurus. <laughs> How cute is that? Can you see it, Brian? It's like a little. I, it's I literally like it. a like a spoon with like the teeth coming up, except it's sh- it's like a the T Rex. So this is like, and it's green. This is the tool that the is this like the is this the mana machine that the, yes, the flying spaghetti monster created? Right, it's just re- referenced right in the Bible. Is that the tree of life? The, mm-hmm. the, or is there, or I, what I meant to say was, are those the dinosaurs? Anyway, go go go. <laughs> Somebody got a cast iron, uh, a cooking bowl, or wait, yeah, it's, I guess it's for cooking or oh, for eating out of? That's for the Pastasaurus. Oh, that's weird. His Maybe it is for the Pastasaurus. So anyway, this is the a Lodge bowl. HMSB heat enhanced and seasoned cast iron mini serving bowl, 12 ounce. Nice. So I guess you just you pop it in the oven or whatever, you cook it or pop it on the grill. Then and you you're, break out the Pastasaurus and you- <laughs> then you break out the pastasaurus. That's right. Well, it doesn't look very appropriate to serve or to cook pasta in, but you could spoon the pasta into it, I guess, mm-hmm. and put some spaghetti sauce over it. All right. I don't know. Um, somebody got. Ooh, this is looks really cool. A camp chair. So it's like a camo thing with like deers and branches and like fall leaves on it. Was oh, it real tree? Um. I don't know, is it? Yeah, it looks like real tree, okay. whatever that is, but it, sure, it could be real tree. Sure. Based on what I think that is, which it looks like a tree. <laughs> is it real? <laughs> <laughs> is this love that I'm feeling? Is this love Where? that I've been searching <laughs> for? <laughs> now, wait a second. Like I am a huge white snake fan. Yeah. Where did that come from? Like what? what, what was I it? don't know. You're like, is it a real tree? And I'm like, is it love? And then it just kind of floated. Oh out man, of me. that video for that with Tawny Katine and oh, David Coverdale, which one. they got married for a while. Boy, that was hot. Oh, oh yeah. Who needs porn when you can oh, watch eighties watch... music videos from Fuck metal a. ballads? Oh. That was like their sensitive song, right? No, they everything they sing was love songs. That's why they're still huge because like it's the timeless subject, you know. Mm. Man, you're gonna show me your white snake after the show. Whoa! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you better believe. Let's put some music There's, on. Well, and... you want to talk about some hot shit? All right. No, yeah, well, yeah, I want to talk about some hot shit. Look at just go through like White Snake's discography, okay? And there's some albums where the album covers. Like slide it in some of the other ones where like the album cover is a giant snake, a giant white snake and a nude woman like riding like the snake. Oh my like, God. The snake. It is. It is one of the hottest <laughs> next next to Scorpion's Animal Magnetism. It is one of the hottest covers I've ever seen. Wow. And Scorpion's Animal Magnetism. Boy, look that up and tell me what the fuck that means. I have no idea. <laughs> it's this guy. Your guess is as it's good as a guy mine. in jeans. He's got his hand in his back pocket. 
A woman's on her knees in front of him. She's clothed. And then there's just this Doverman picture. Like, right there. <laughs> you know, and she's looking up at the guy, but there's this Doverman picture. And I'm like, like, what's going on The there? dog's, like, watching a blowjob? Well, I don't know if the dog's getting in on it or what. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, oh. right. no, I said it was a hot cover. I shouldn't yeah, say that's, that. I'm why sorry. did you say that? I don't mean that it's hot. I just mean that it's very confusing. It's obviously super sexual. That's, uh-huh, that's really right. what I meant by it. Okay. But I, I I don't know what's going on there. It's weird. Well, I think that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a real chair. All right. It's real tree. <laughs> oh, it is a real tree. Oh my god! It says on the description the fabric six hundred D polyester and real tree extra HD. Okay, well, no, wow, but- you got it from my dis- my disjointed description. I-, I was more hopeful because, like, I think real tree makes sense. I really get so sick of these of these people that wear camo, like like stock army camo, yeah, and all that. I'm over it. I really like olive drab can be sexy. That's a long story. I like that color because yeah. it's the same color as my eyes. It yeah. brings them out. But like, unfortunate I, I, that the military kind of usurped it. Yeah, from me well, from my eyes. <laughs> right, but like you know the, that like the classic camo, even like the tiger camo from like Vietnam and all that. I just think people are so full of shit when they wear that stuff. You know, it's like who, who are you kidding? You know, yeah, like, like you think you're going to blend in or something. Yeah, and it's like, well, what? I mean, I, and I, I do. I, I admittedly, I pick on people the instant. And what's like, the I fashion statement there? Right. Right. That's my thing is, and, and a lot of people say, well, I'm a hunter. Well, then wear a real tree. Like, cause that makes <laughs> right? sense. You know, yeah. like I have no problem with that. I think that's fine and dandy. But like when they're wearing fucking camo, it's like, shut up. You know, you, you went to the bargain bin at Walmart and that's fine. Oh, but I, well, I don't know. I don't know. Shit. Anyway, this real tree, it's a King Kong chair with color blocking real tree. Alps outdoors, King Kong chair, 50 bucks. It looks like it's yeah. I would pay fifty bucks for that chair. That looks like yeah, right a good on. deal. It's got drink pockets. It got it's got everything you need. <laughs> hooray! For, hooray for uh, real tree. Oh, there's something else that goes with that cast iron pan. I was saving it for after that, but then I fucked it up. I messed up the order. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know it's late at night. Hudson Essentials cast iron cleaner XL premium stainless steel chainmail str- scrubber. Ooh. So this is like a. It's like a. It's like a um oh god what is it called? It looks like a piece of chainmail chainmail okay. like that you would wear like, mi- like medieval armor. Mm-hmm. And I guess you use it to scrub out a cast iron pan. Okay. Or like you just put it in the pan and then you kind of like swirl it around and it cleans it for you or something. All right. Yeah. Nice. Maybe because it's also made out of iron, I don't know. Well, it'll be a hit at well, Renfair. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a hit at the Ren Fair, and it'll clean your pot <laughs> pan. We got some gun stuff. Somebody got a Bianchi oh, yeah. 57 Remedy holster, Fitz Luger LCR 380. That was uh, 40 bucks. Uh, somebody got a revolver speed loader for Essen, Smith & Weston. Um, wait, no, Smith & Wesson, not Weston. Right? Yes, Smith & Wesson. Yes, S&W. Um, five shot speed loader. So it's a, you ro- load five rounds into your revolver at the same time. Um, we got a foam roller, which I don't know if we caught this last week or if somebody else got a foam roller, maybe on our recommendation. I feel like we talked about this maybe two weeks ago. Maybe. But we got a like nice black foam roller. 
And uh, you can get different sizes of foam rollers, apparently. There's like 6x12, there's 6x18, there's 6x36. So you can get, uh, you know, different sizes. Um, this is a LuxFit Premium High Density One Extra Firm One-Year Warranty. So, cool. I mean, these things are pretty tough for being made out of foam. Yeah, definitely. They will kick your ass. They will really beat up your muscles, and that's the point, because you want it to beat up your muscles to get the knots out of your muscles. All right, so finally... We've got yoga gloves, and I know who got these. Oh. I could picture her wearing these like a little kitty cat. You know, like they're pink. They're kind of like paws on the on the front. Nice. I know she's actually using them for yoga and not for sex, but I mean, you know, she. she I can picture her, you know, doing a little kitty cat play kind of thing, I guess. Wow. Um, <laughs> they're pro-source grippy yoga gloves, non-slip fingerless design in multiple colors, but she got pink. Of course. They're very cute. Um, so they're like socks for your hands when you're doing yoga. Cause you know, you can slip, especially if it's like a sweaty floor or mat. Um, and then she also got matching yoga socks. So these are like socks, but they have like a, they're like bikini socks. Cause you have your toes sticking out. There's nah. like, they're glove, they're like fingerless gloves, but for your toes. And then they have a cutout on the top of your foot. So it looks like a, it, it, it's very like suggestive actually. It's like exposing certain parts of your toes and your feet. What's it suggesting? They're Toe sucking? Like sexy something. I oh. don't know. Something mm, okay. sexy. Okay. So these are the Sandwood Toe Exercise Yoga Socks Pilates Beret Sock with Grip for Girl. Because um, you, you, you need your toes to grip when you're doing yoga. Yes. Pilates and stuff. And finally, last but not least, the Capri Tools Self-Adjusting Wire Stripper. What's nice. a wire stripper? Well, it's a wire stripper. It's not a wire stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always handy. Uh, excellent cu- customizability for clean wire stripping. What is it? What does that mean? So stripping clean. like the uh, outside of off oh, of the wire. Oh, it's probably so you don't like. Depending upon the, the wire is like frayed, oh. it's like multiple pieces. It's gonna like clean and not rip part of those off. Gotcha. That's gonna do it for us this week. Shop at stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Be on our after show. Visit our website at sexandsciencehour.com. Send us an email, share the show, donate, whatever you want, or don't, or just tune in next week. See you later.